You're tuned in to another episode of Recruitment Entrepreneurs by Recruit CRM. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Recruitment Entrepreneurs by Recruit CRM. And today I have the awesome uh, Ivan uh, Skrvanovic. Uh, I think I think I messed that up, but but uh, Ivan can can fix it up. So Ivan's from Ireland, and Ivan, can you can you tell us your story? Right, where are you from? How did you end up in recruitment? What's going on with your life? Um, originally, I'm from Croatia, down south in Europe. Um, I got a job in 1998 in Microsoft in Ireland. Um, so moved here to Dublin in 1998. Spent like five years in Microsoft, and then set up my own software company and was like a software engineer, doing software engineering projects for about next five, ten years. Then loads of clients became recruitment agencies, and I kind of became known as the guy that makes your best recruitment websites. That kind of works yes. best with all the other software as well. Cool. And it was in those early days where the integration wasn't just Zapier or whatever that exists today. You basically had yeah. to have to had to hard code in databases, like all the yeah. things, really really hard. So I set up a group of engineers, and we've been kind of pre-engineering the recruitment process from the ground up in the backend, usually. And we did it for about maybe 100, 150 recruitment agencies in Ireland and UK. Um, word spread out, and uh, we've published the first Irish multiple job posting software called Edicode. Oh, cool. Yeah, okay, yeah. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. It actually worked really, really well, but we had a problem in 1990, sorry, 2009, we probably lost about yeah, 95% of business uh, when in the economic uh, crash. And wow. we, I, I had to rethink everything from the scratch. <laughs> oh, got it. And so what were you basically selling? So eRecruit is obviously a well-known brand, right? Uh, it, so it, were you... Iricud was a well-known brand today. In the last ten yeah. years, we had Iricud.ie yeah. uh, in yeah. uh, ninety. Sorry, in two thousand and five. Uh, so it. it was be- before Iricud was known. What is Iricud today? Got it. But what, was yours just a multi-posting, or was it also an ATS back then? It was just a multiple job posting software, and yeah. the way a multiple job posting software worked then. Uh, was also quite different. Like we were like FTPing uh, uh, CSV files and weird stuff. It, it was it was painful back then. I it I, was I, I understand. Very painful. And I, and I was in high school back then, so I didn't have to deal with any of this. But, but <laughs> lucky but, you. But but to go to go to go back, uh, Ivan. Uh, you know, you obviously started as an engineer, and and by the sounds of it, a computer science engineer. And so, so what made you say that, okay, I'm going to stop writing code and start doing recruitment? Because you did become a proper recruiter that was actually recruiting yeah. candidates. Yes. Well, I kind of looked at what recruiters are doing. And when I was implementing uh, our software in different offices, companies. I would sit in the companies. I would basically sit with them and listen to, and listen to them on the phone and everything else. And I was like, guys, that's just a very poor way of doing things. Yeah. So I started, uh, my first actually gigs were how to train. Uh, I was actually training recruiters before okay. I became a recruiter. Yeah. So I, and then I trained pretty much all major Irish recruitment agencies, like off top yeah. 50, I've trained probably 40. Um, yeah. And then I realized, okay, there's tons of money in recruitment. And I set up a recruitment company called Irish Recruiter, because I'm not really Irish. And I wasn't <laughs> really a recruiter. 
<laughs> so I said, what a better way of branding myself than Irish recruiter. And Irish recruiter became a, like a, like a sh- shop for IT candidates. Um, and we exploited the fact that I was from Croatia and Croatia joined the EU. So all of a sudden, all the Croatian people could put, come in Ireland or anywhere yeah. in the EU and go and work, which they couldn't before because of visas and work permits. Yeah. Um, and we moved like the top uh, cream of the crop of, of uh, Croatian software developers, mostly in Ireland, which was really, really good for Ireland. Wow. Not, that good for, not that good for Croatia. So people in of Croatia, my mom, my mom would always say, you should rename your company into Brain Drain or something because it's not really. Yeah. But now to, now to follow up on this, right? So you obviously did the recruitment. Do you remember what the, what the business model was like in the first year? Do you remember what you made uh, doing recruitment the first year my first year my first year was the funniest year uh, of them all it was about 10 years ago and as opposed to be hunting one by one people what i organized was i organized recruitment fair in croatia and invited would uh, yeah invited three uh, employers from here in in dublin to fly there over the weekend so they i flew them uh, there for friday saturday sunday and I organized like 50 or uh, actually on the books, I had like 70 people in a hotel, but actually 50 of them actually came or were really good candidates. And I think more than 40 something actually got the offer, but 39 wow. people actually got the job. But, there. And, and, and yeah. how did you get paid for that? Did you get paid per candidate or like how, how we, did you get paid? We got paid uh, so a recruitment fee of 10%. So 10% of, wow. of the salary, which you, you was like dirt cheap uh, for the employers. I understand. Uh, but for, for you, that must have been a killing because you just yes. just one weekend and boom. Yeah, you can say it, it's one weekend, but actually it took like three months of yeah, sourcing yeah, of to prepare all this. Yeah, so yeah of course. We've of course. Built, and for that project, actually, and that was like 10 years ago, we've built tons of automation on top of LinkedIn, on top of... Uh, other platforms that existed yeah. then and don't exist actually now anymore. Um, we built tons of automation so that it automatically invites people on, on, on social media, talks to them, sends them a nurturing campaign via the social media messaging. Yeah. And what we developed then for that became later on a few products that yeah. now we sell in a parallel. So now we have Irish Recruiter as recruitment agency, which is currently just four people. Yeah, and, 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 and how is that agency doing today? Like how, how much revenue will it do this year or how much did it do last year? Uh, we kind of do like 200K, 250K per person. So currently per, we are Per own. person. That's not yeah. bad at all. Uh, and this is all permanent <laughs> recruitment or is this like more staffing revenue? It's, um, it's just permanent recruitment. Oh, wow. That's not bad at all, right? That if you have a four-person firm generating 800K and... I'm guessing it's it's a good business. I, I hope this year is going to be better. <laughs> yeah. But actually, we yeah, money is 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 just the reflection of what you do. What yeah. the more important thing is, what I'm kind of really looking forward to expand going forward is the software business. Of course, uh, we we do have a number of those software autom- like recruitment and sales automation tools that are automating what you do on social media and kind of enable people to share. So loads of, of Loads of all the tools that you buy today enable you to do everything as one person. Where we took it to the next level, and I said, "Okay, how about if you want to make sure that I, if five of us work in the same team, that we never message the same person?" Sure. And that, sure, 
But but to go back, right, since most of the audience are people that are trying to start a new recruitment business or thinking about getting a job as a recruiter, right? How do you how do you see this job as different from your job doing engineering? Because you're you're obviously different from a traditional agency recruiter. You've actually had a career doing engineering in IT, uh, yeah, which which is a well paying job in most in most situations, right? So how do you go from doing a super technical job to maybe hiring technical people? And I'm guessing you said that you know you thought there was a better way of doing it. You were technical. You could talk to the candidates better, and you probably made more money doing it. But what do you think are the differences apart from the money on a day-to-day basis that probably are worse about recruitment or better in recruitment than in engineering? I'll tell you actually what happens. Uh, your first maybe six months, you're gonna actually gonna make more money as a recruiter because you've prepared everything and you actually kind of yeah. warmed up yeah. the clients, candidates, and everything else. So when you make a jump from being an engineer for a hundred k, and a recruiter would usually learn earn about half of, of that salary, but yeah. you have everything prepared, so you're actually going to make more money. But then you might get into a chasm of six months or or 20 months where yeah. your salary is going to be like half or even less than, than yeah. what you've been earning before. So it's a dangerous jump. And I basically say uh, the career that I had just wasn't linear. It was like going all over the place. And it's tough on people as well. And I'm not, not sure if I would recommend it to everyone who is not of ready for, yeah, for crazy stuff. Um, but, would I do it again? Would I do it again? Yes. And okay. my ad, my advice to people would be just don't wait uh, and start do preparing. It. Yeah, just do it. Start preparing it. everything in parallel with whatever your job is. And, and then w- when you make a switch, just make sure there are no huge fluctuations in it. earning. And, and, and quick question, right? So about fluctuation, because recruitment is one of those jobs where cash flows can be horrible, right? If you're running a new new agency. So have you have you experimented with a retained recruitment model where you try to pick up a retainer from clients or have you always worked on a contingent model where you only take money once you make the placement, which also makes it a hard job, right? Because the cash flow can become a problem. So how have you approached that sort of? In the first five years of the company, we only, and I only worked on, on uh, contingent. So no retainers, just, no, just, yeah. just on success. Okay. And that's basically your problem because you're unknown, you're not proven, uh, you're establishing a new business. Yeah. So getting a retainer, uh, or I probably don't have, or I didn't have good sales skills yeah. to, to to sell that as well. And I wasn't known, I didn't have any experience of being a recruiter in any big agency or anything else. So for me, it didn't work. Uh, but today we get more contingency offers from candidates, uh, from clients than uh, than to be paid on be paid on placement. So today people look come and say, look, uh, either Ivan or Andrea or Luca, whoever works here, they basically say, can you be on a lookout? We are looking for a new sales director for our SaaS company. We are looking for our new CFO or whatever else. Can you be on a lookout for? A person, and um, and we get more people interested to work with us on that on and, those basis. And how have you seen the fees change? Because obviously, you said you started and did ten percent. That's obviously not sustainable in a developed market. No. Uh, so, so what are the fees today that that Irish recruiter charges? Is it fifteen percent? Is it twenty? Is it twenty five? What are what have that what yeah. have that evolved to? It actually depends on the well on number, if number okay. of things. First is we usually work with a company and, and staff them 
so much that they kind of stop working with us because they have pipeline that is bigger than they can swallow in the okay. next six months or whatever. So you're okay. kind of victim of your own success in a, in a sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and for those, charging 20 would just be too much because it doesn't actually make sense for, for none of us. Uh, if it's one job, we don't work below 20%. And but we also don't work for any job below fifteen percent. There's no Got need. It. Got it. So the lowest you charge today is fifteen percent. But if people are giving you like just one job, you try to charge twenty or twenty-five, right? We no in Ireland we rarely go uh, above twenty. We Got go it. above twenty for for roles that where the role company compensation is not very favorable. Favorable. Um, for well, can you give me an example just so the audience understands what you're talking about? Yes. So if you have a company that is looking for a person that can only come from, uh, let's say we had a company who was establishing, creating a new public cloud service yeah. offering. Yeah. So they could only hire from Amazon, Microsoft, Azure, or um, yeah. Facebook Alibaba, as their own. Maybe. <laughs> Yeah, we actually, we, we were, at the beginning, we were not smart enough to actually look at Alibaba. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, yes, lesson learned, or Google. Yeah. And it was a kind of semi-small startup. So how do you convince somebody from, you know, Golden Handshake? Uh, yes, to, to join. And the salary cannot be too high because uh, it, it is a startup. It, it wasn't that well-funded. So we said, yeah. look, if we manage to do this, We'll have to charge you because the amount of hours that this that this role requires yeah. is tremendous, and the likelihood of us actually succeeding is not really high, actually. And so, so did you take a retainer in that situation, or did you just charge a twenty five percent like success fee or something? We increased from twenty, we went up, and we actually went quite high up. But actually, ended up with me flying to different research centers in uh, in Europe. I spent a lot of time in in Zurich, in Switzerland, where Google where Google is doing yes. the development yeah. of the SRE platform and spoke to loads of people there. And luckily we were successful, but it could, it could have not converted as well. And I was quite prepared for that as well. Got it. But and was this, was the salary reasonable? Like, was it in 200 plus or like hundred, like 150 plus? Like what, what salary, range was this person? Salary was, uh, there was a drop in salary from, what the gentleman had there to what he got in a startup of about 45%. Oh, wow. Okay. So this was a hard sell, right? Because yeah, yeah. got it. It's because you're telling someone to come in at a pay cut for more equity or yeah. something, but that equity yeah. is probably worthless at that stage because it's exactly. So for right. in those cases, you have to bump the fee because the likelihood of, of filling a position like this is actually extremely low. Yeah. Totally understand. Totally understand. And, and so, once you started getting your software, uh, the recruitment business to essentially, I'm guessing you had times when you did a million in a year, right? As as a company, how long as did it a, take you to take as it a to so, a million? As a software as a software company, no, we actually stayed quite small, and there were there were yeah. times when I was actually alone in a company. No, 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 not software. The recruitment business. Sorry, as a recruitment business, that's our recruitment business. What actually never grew too much. Got it. And it's got it. Got it. Probably uh, the reason because I myself am extremely picky about uh, clients. So if got I it. don't believe in their product, technically, me being a techie, 
<laughs> kind of just say no 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 guys you cannot do this in elixir it's a wrong and, language for that and so now like maybe listing the people listing right who actually have careers in maybe engineering or marketing or sales were like hey maybe i can do recruitment when you thought about the transition what was your backup plan so if you started doing this recruitment business i'm sure you you talked internally if you have a wife or husband you you probably talked yeah. to them and you go hey if this doesn't work out in 6 months or 1 year this is what i'm going to do what was your backup plan so i froze my job actually that i current that i had for 6 months okay. and i agreed with my manager and said look um i want to try to do something else in life uh, i yeah. like like my job and and everything else so i could always come back um yeah. and actually what happened is that a year later i placed him my my ex manager for <laughs> that role as well that because is he lo- loved the service that we were providing that is awesome uh, and 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 so another question right how much did it cost you to run your recruitment business for the first year how much money did you end up burning before you started making money do you remember it- In Ireland it's, it's it's extremely cheap. Uh in Ireland you set up a company worth for 350 euro you okay. spend like company registration office 40 euro. So it's peanuts, it's nothing. It's basically all the other costs uh will be below the cost of a good laptop. So your laptop <laughs> is actually but it's literally that. In Ireland okay. actually your laptop is your largest expense. and it's actually as bigger than all the other expenses all together got it so literally like 2 or 3000 euros or dollars you're, or you're all, in, including your computer less. and everything including uh, your computer and everything and and like a linkedin subscription and all of that and that that i did not have then and and I, yeah, yeah. That, that is long ago where yeah, subscriptions yeah. were actually totally different than they are today yeah, yeah, and it's, right. as you know they change every year yeah yeah today i actually probably need a linkedin subscription and an ats and stuff to like have a real tool yes. toolkit to like go live well today the, the recruitment then was totally manual and what where where we are today is where we automate absolutely everything so everything. your ats uh, your sourcing software uh, basically need to be connected 100% your email and, connected this and so uh, ivan like being honest about this right it's so cheap to get started The only risk is obviously not getting a salary right till you make a placement. How, how long did you take to make your first placement and collect the first check? I don't remember. Uh, uh but was it, it was, was it less than 6 months? Was it less than 6 months? It was make... less than it was less than 3 months. Okay, perfect. So in the first 3 months you've literally put in 2 or 3k plus whatever your living expenses are and you probably make a check that pays for your first 3 months of living expenses anyway. Uh Luckily enough our first check actually paid for over a year. Of, yeah. <laughs> uh, of, of uh, 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 brilliant. So so what what's stopping people from starting more businesses, more recruitment businesses because you know this is a great way if you're if you're motivated and you're driven. You don't really need a very ha- hardcore education to become a great recruiter, right? And no. you don't need you don't need a very you don't need a lot of financial capital and backing. So what's stopping people from building great recruitment businesses today? Well, what's stopping people from starting, I don't know. Like you yeah. mentioned the education, I have masters in geology, but it's yeah. totally useless in recruitment. Yeah. Then I have exactly. all the all the experience like 10 years of Microsoft IT and whatever. Yeah. 
90 percent of this is, is useless slightly it's sli- but, yeah. slightly useful but it depends on what you're recruiting for right but uh, exactly yeah yeah, yeah. He, some a recruiter could learn that if they really wanted to recruit cloud engineers they could spend two months just going exactly. crazy and they and get, get, yeah and uh, two months is even too much two, yeah. like you can spend I think weeks worth of yeah. reading how does Amazon cloud work and talking yeah. to some engineer and getting a few points with somebody will teach you absolutely everything that you'll need to know. So you can learn this in a week. Um, what's stopping people? I don't know. In Ireland, it could be the competition. We are here, a very small country, but you have to be aware that Ireland and UK are, are slightly different environments than anything else. We have, I think, like a thousand recruitment agencies uh, registered in a company in a country that has only 4 million people, which is basically 2 million workforce and 1,000 recruitment agency, which basically means that like there's one, two, three people, there's one recruiter, one, two, three people, one recruiter. (laughs) Recruitment here doesn't really work through direct, direct, almost at all. It goes, a lot goes through recruitment agency and the people don't really want to have internal recruiters. That has changed actually in the last couple of years. And now people are building larger and larger recruitment and, teams in-house and and now that you know you you're based in ireland but what stops you from recruiting for companies in germany or the united kingdom or in norway what's what's nothing they the only thing is for us is we don't do absolutely any marketing and we don't do any sales we just do we just work with people who come to come to talk to us got it because because I, I i know the fees in france and germany are a lot higher right we, you know we've talked to people that on an average charge 25, 30, 35%. Uh, and, and even higher salaries in certain cases, right? Salaries in Munich and Berlin or in London are, are, are higher by default. And I, I, you know, there's this advantage because you're in the same economic zone, uh, you know, same tax regime or, or similar tax regime. And there is a way, there, there's an opening to do business if you want to. So I'm, I'm just wondering what's stopping you from doing that. There is. But nothing really. And sometimes we, yeah. we serve companies there as well. I am amazed actually at the moment what is happening in Estonia. So we actually work yeah. with companies that are north side of Europe. We do yeah. some business with some German companies, some German startups yeah. as well. But startups yeah. in Estonia at the moment, that is a booming market. And I think whoever... It's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. Whoever whoever's doing recruitment absolutely anywhere should be targeting Estonia as yeah. close to the top of their list. Yeah, they have so many unicorns, and each unicorn needs hundreds of engineers right now. Like <laughs> within like two months, they want to hire like a hundred people, and that's that's mm-hmm. a lot of fees to go out. So, so towards you know now now that we're coming to the to the end of this podcast, right? What's one thing that you expected that should happen when you started a recruitment business that didn't happen? Uh. Well, nothing happened what I expected, to be honest. <laughs> I kind of thought that we're going to be one of the shops, like the, the shops that I was training before. Yeah. But we just became totally different company. And we ended up with putting loads of people in, uh, in the companies mm-hmm. to build and train and, and coach internal recruitment teams in-house. Yep which recruitment agencies don't do. And we do this a lot. Uh, and I enjoy this. And for last year, I spent a year with, with a company work, working inside. And, and I just love love this as well. And one more follow-up question, right? What do you hate about your job? Like, what's the what's the one thing that sucks about your job? Because everyone has things that suck about your job, right? So what, what, what sucks about running a recruitment business or doing recruitment? 
I have to think very hard about it. <laughs> the benefits that there are are so overwhelming that. No, I'm sure, I'm sure. And and the benefits outweigh the cons, which is why you do it. But there have to be some cons, right? Like some things suck about the job, right? Like what what do you think that you don't like? What part do you not like? Sometimes I get the uh, difference of opinion. So I am an engineer myself. And sometimes yeah. when I see a candidate, I know before the interviews or, or just after half an hour of chat. I know straight away. I've seen his code. I've seen. Uh, I've spoke to him. I spoke. To, I know his managers. So I know right away. This is the right guy for this company. And yeah. I get either the hiring manager or, in more cases, the HR, which says, "Oh, would those be, would this be a culture fit or whatever else?" And I see, like, especially hiring HR kind of uh, stopping yeah. beauty, beautiful hires. And I, as, <laughs> as a software engineer, and with. 20, 30 years of experience know that this is a, a, a diamond, a pearl that would just grow fantastic <laughs> in a company. And you get a young HR person who says, who finished the whatever master's in, in HR, and she's like, oh, this guy is coming from a bank. We are a startup. Or the other way around. Will this work? And I'm kind of saying, hmm. Got it. So you don't you don't like working with HR people, basically. Not always, but sometimes. <laughs> that is that is absolutely not the truth. I also organized the HR conference here in Ireland. This is up HR, uh-huh. and it's HR people are fabulous. Uh, I got some HR certifications myself as well, but not everybody agrees with every yeah, single opinion. I, yeah. I, I t- totally understand. And and what's you know. What are your growth plans now? So what's the game for the next five or 10 years, right? If someone had to ask you, what are you going to do now? Well, what I really want to do now is um, go sailing around the world. That's <laughs> awesome. That's awesome. I'm, I'm getting to that stage in life where you're kind of like toning down absolutely everything that you do. And you're kind of like, okay, done that. And now I can only, I, I need, I can do things that I always wanted to do, which don't really need to be super profitable as well. Of and course, I do them of course, because right. they make me happy and smiling, waking up and booting the computer and working and standing the whole day yeah. in front well, of my well, lovely stuff. Once you make a certain amount of money, right? Like beyond that, like there's not so much more you can just satisfy yourself by buying stuff, right? Like there's 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 a threshold beyond which it's diminishing returns, right? Uh, and in recruitment, you can reach this quite quickly. So if yeah. you're super successful and if you choose wisely the f- first few customers, yeah. uh, you can basically make whatever you need for your life in a couple of years really quickly. And you build yeah. a lot of automation, you can make this happen. But then you, you basically have to decide whether you want to grow this to be a, to get an I- to become an IPO or whatever else, or you want to live your life. I and have very, very early decided, okay, I'm buying a boat and I want to sail it for a few months every, every summer. Beautiful. Um, uh, and, and and follow up question, right? So you talked about your boat and your life. So what does your life include? Do, like, are you, are you are you married? Do you have children? Do you have a dog? Do you have a cat? Do you have a snake? I don't know. Like, <laughs> well, married to children that finished universities, the old sailors in a company. In a, sorry, in a family. <laughs> <laughs> we're a great company uh, for sailing. Yeah. And we, up until I think two years ago, we actually went sailing together, like oh, oh, awesome. all of us. That's yeah, awesome. so That's beautiful. So, I, but I think I could, my kids are probably spoiled in this because they don't know what real life actually looks like. <laughs> I, I think that's every every I, my dad would probably say the same thing. <laughs> but f- final question, right? To like to like end this 
if if you if you were to go back in time and talk to your 20 year old self for 5 minutes and you had to give one piece of advice other than start earlier right what would it be uh invest in bitcoin no no <laughs> not, not not something that obvious right <laughs> i it would be uh, think of what you enjoy doing and what you are doing while you are not doing anything and for me it took like 10 years of education in geology and then 10 years of experience in IT to realize that what i enjoy the most is putting people in groups together and organizing them to work on something yeah. uh where 1 plus 1 person is not 2 but 25 more. because it. yeah it, it's just more so i that brings me joy and what brings me joy is to see the, the smile yeah. on the on their face 2 years later or 3 so, years later and the, and the phrase is basically find what you love quicker right try more try more things find what you love quicker and then just keep doing it and that'll make you happy that was beautiful ivan like that we loved having you this was great uh, i'm sure people watching this will find it useful especially when they consider moving careers and coming into recruitment i think this will be great contact thank you john it was a pleasure thank you very much and a message to all the young aspiring entrepreneurs just go do it it's the right time to do it right now 2021 <laughs> is the perfect year to start your company awesome and that's all for today's episode of recruitment entrepreneurs like and follow us if you like today's episode and want to hear more stories from the world of recruitment mm-hmm.